Welcome back to The Daily Poem, a podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm Sean Johnson, and today is Monday, November 27th, 2023. Today's poem is by uh, the late, great American poet Richard Howard, and it's called Oystering. It's a longer poem, so I will say a few things about it on the front end and then read it once for you. This is a seasonal poem uh, in my mind because I grew up uh, with the adage that you should never eat oysters in a month that doesn't have an R in its name. And I think this has something to do with the temperature of the water where the oysters are uh, grown or the danger in certain parts of the world of dangerous algae blooms. Uh, fortunately for me, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest where it was really pretty safe and practicable to uh, eat oysters most of the year. But the adage remained. And so I tend to associate uh, the shucking and eating of many oysters with uh, the autumnal months and the uh, beginning of the holiday season. This is a great poem. I suppose that goes without saying. Uh, one of these days I'm going to uh, open by saying, this is a terrible poem. Uh, here it is. Enjoy. But today, uh, another great poem. Uh, and it's lovely because Richard Howard uh, manages to uh, use or offer the oyster as a growing metaphor for life, um, especially uh, the life of the common man or the aspects of life that are common to every man. Uh, and that metaphorical interpretation of the poem hovers uh, just over the surface of uh, the images that he's painting and the language that he's using to describe the oyster uh, until the very end of the poem when he finally just acknowledges the metaphor explicitly and calls the oyster easily an emblem for the inner man. Uh, but then he dismisses the metaphor. He rips the metaphor <laughs> away, and uh, that drives us back uh, even more poignantly to the uh, concrete, earthy, briny reality of the oyster. So the metaphor has done its job, and now uh, it can be dispensed with, and we're left um, with the very real incarnate oyster at the end of this poem. Uh, it's a great way poetically of having your cake and eating it too. Here is oystering. There is a, an, an epigram uh, in French, please forgive me <laughs> in advance. It comes from a poem by the uh, 17th, 18th century French poet, Nicolas Boileau. And it reads, Monsieur Louis-Trétois Bon, adieu, vivez en paix. Gentlemen, the oyster was good. Farewell, live in peace. Secret they are, sealed, annealed, and brainless and solitary, as Dickens said. But they have something to say that there is more than one way to yield, the first and the hardest. 
the most nearly hindered is when you pull them off the rocks, stinking, sawing sedge, sucking them back under the black mud, full of hermit crabs and their borrowed snail shells, minnows scattering like superstitions, the surf dragging, and every power like life permits them holding out, holding on for dear life. Sometimes the stones give way first, before they will, but still we gather them, even if our hands are bloody as meat for a lunch Queen Victoria preferred. A barrel of well-fleet oysters points down, could last across the ocean all the way to Windsor, wakening a widow's taste. We ate them this afternoon out of their armor that was formidably grooved, though it proved our own reversal wiser still. Keep the bones and stones inside, or never leave the sea. He was a brave man, Swift said, who first eat one. Even now, precedent of centuries is not always enough. Driving the knife into muscles that mold the valves so close to being impartial. Surrender when it comes, and it must come, lavish after that first grudging release back there in the sea. The giving over of despair, this time, makes me speculate. Like Oscar and oysters, I feel always slightly immortal when in the sea. What happens now we are out? Is the risk worthwhile for a potential pearl? No, what we're really after is the moment of release. The turn and tear of the blade that tightens, tortures, ultimately tells. When you spread the shells, something always sticks to the wrong one, and a few drops of liquor dribble into the sand, scrape it off in the full half, as well as a fortier, a zen garden, and the smell of herring brine that Frenzy said we remember from the womb. Lunch is served in shiny stoneware sockets, blue milk in the sea's filthiest cup. More easily an emblem for the inner man than dinner, sundered for the stomach. We take them queasily, wonder as we gulp, when it is, then, now, tomorrow, they're dead. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you. To listen to past episodes or support the show, please visit dailypoempod.substack.com. On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry Studios, I'm Sean Johnson. Until next time, happy reading.